Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Turn Up the Volumes. My name is Tori. And I'm Evelyn. And we are back for August with our new book, Dearest Josephine, which in my mind, I keep calling Dear Josephine, <laughs> which is not <laughs> correct. And I made like 10 notes to myself around my laptop to remind myself that it's Dearest Josephine. I will not have another Handmaid's Tale debacle <laughs> in my hands. So, um, yeah, this book is written by Caroline George and it came out this year, didn't it? Yeah, this is a brand new book. Yeah. So, we didn't know anything about it going into it, pretty much. Yeah, no, I think I, I literally watched this TikTok, <laughs> and they said, if you like historical fiction slash outlanders slash, I forget what else they said, but whatever they said, I was like, that's me. So, not knowing anything <laughs> about this book, I went out and bought it, and I mean, I don't think that we're going to be disappointed. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's a great book, and I really love the premise of it. Evelyn, do you want to speak on the premise of this book for our listeners? Yeah, it's got a really interesting little um, interesting little hook, is that, so this girl is from England, and her father passes away. She goes off and lives at his big manor house, his big estate in the countryside, for a short time. And while she's there, I mean, it needs a lot of work, it's kind of a project, she ends up uncovering these letters that were also written to a girl with her name from 200 years earlier. And so it's just kind of this interesting little premise where she's reading all of these old letters. At the same time, she's rekindling her friendship with her previous best friend, and they're also corresponding so letters and correspondence plays a huge role in this book and in the plot. Do you want to take that from there? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I don't know how, I don't want to give away anything other than just, then, <laughs> just that it's based around correspondence and these old letters and um, Josephine gets really invested and uh, kind of mentally checks out from the real world by living vicariously through um, Elias Frosch, who is the man who wrote all these letters 200 years earlier. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it's a it's a very interesting uh, setup that we have mm -hmm. going, and it definitely got us hooked pretty quickly. Yes, for sure. Um, I definitely read this book within like three days. Yeah. If I add up all the time. <laughs> <laughs> You know, <laughs> but it it's really good if you like kind of a more modern romance, but like with a twist of Pride and Prejudice, this is the book for you. Yes, very good, very mm -hmm. interesting. Do you want to talk about the uh, the writing style or just how it's broken up? Yes, I would love to talk about that. So, for those who have not read the book yet or are waiting for their copy in the mail and are going to read it. The book is broken up into three different types of prose. So uh, one is between Josie and her friend Faith, and it's their, well, actually it's the four different types, is their emails back and forth to each other. 
There are also text messages, there are letters, and there are also, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Just the general prose, I guess, is the correct term, but it's a story, it's a novel, kind of interlaced throughout all of the letters and the emails and the text messages. And I, I personally enjoyed that. I like to kind of have a story that changes up ever so often. And I felt like this really kept me reading more and more because I really like the change of pace every couple of pages. So, and it kind of goes back and forth, you know, between modern language and uh, Regency language. And it's just all very well intertwined, I thought. Yeah, I mean, I think there at times there was some aspects that were a bit confusing just because like with Elias, his recounts, his accurate recounts, even though this is a fictional novel, his real life recounts were written through the letters, but mm-hmm. he was also the author of a novel based off of his life, which right. wasn't exactly <laughs> real either. Yeah. So I kept getting confused sometimes Right. I have to remember that the things happening in Elias's novel did not necessarily happen in his right. real life. Yeah, at first I was confused because I was like, wait, that's not his last name. And then I started like reading, I'm like, oh, it's his his book. I understand. <laughs> it took it took a little bit of getting used to, that's for sure. Um, but like I'd say by the end of the book it was like second nature reading yeah, it you get that way. Story. But yeah, I, what did you feel? Love, hate, indifference? Would you read a book like this again? I wouldn't do it all the time, mm-hmm. um, but it's definitely a nice little change. Shake things up a bit, you know? Yeah, I agree. I, I think I enjoyed it more because I often have a hard time paying attention if it's really wordy, if that makes sense. Like, lots of heavy language, not a lot of dialogue definitely a more weighty kind of writing style. I don't often read Charles Dickens, um, (laughs) (laughs) though I do write like him apparently. That's what my English teacher told me. But I think I really like this because it really kept the pace always changing. So I I really enjoyed this. I would read a a book like this again. Yeah, I think that I, I also think that in the setting that we're doing it, it's really great like with this book club setting mm-hmm. it's a fun it's a fun read and it's it's a really interesting premise to be able to discuss and I love how it even give, they even give you some discussion questions in the back that are meant to be discussed with people though are extremely personal you're like mm. Mm. no I would not want to discuss the most of them with anyone but myself <laughs> I'm like I need yes. to journal that out before I talk to anybody yeah. like, that's a little personal to be asking yeah. But thanks, Caroline George. Yeah. <laughs> well, why don't we dive into one of those questions? <laughs> all right, all right. We'll make it less personal for you guys. If you're listening, don't feel like you have to answer. Um, but if you want to answer, we will act as your therapists. Yes. So DM us, email us, whatever you got to do, we are here for you. Mm-hmm. Dearest Josephine revolves around the power of literature, writing, and community. What are some books that have influenced you? Mm. That's a very good question. Mm. I mean, I definitely think Gone with the Wind mm. like destroyed me 
If mm-hmm. I never have been more emotionally moved in a novel than I was in Gone with the Wind. So it's definitely very like, uh, like just the writing style and everything that had happened and, and the story that was like crafted so perfectly was very uh, influential as far as me picking the next book that I want to read or me in my own writing. That was a huge influence on me over the past uh, month. Mm. <laughs> Not very new, I guess, but it has been. Yeah. What about you? Yeah, I also absolutely enamored with Gone with the Wind. Um, I think I introduced you to Gone with the Wind. <laughs> I think you, I've never read the book and you said I should read it. Yeah. You introduced me to the movie, though. Oh, yeah. We watched that with your mom. Did we watch it with my mom? <laughs> we, we watched it with your mom. we watched it with your mom. Mm-mm. We watched it at your house. I remember watching it at your house. <laughs> well, we watched it at my house in our adult years. Were we adults? Yeah, we just watched it like two years ago. Uh, no, <laughs> Back when we I lived in the same hometown. But when no. we were in middle school, we watched it at your house. I specifically remember being fairly young, watching it at your house <laughs> with your mom in the room that you and I had slumber parties in. We'll have to ask our moms. Moms, <laughs> DM us. <laughs> yes, tell us. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, no, but I absolutely love that book. And that book, I feel like, definitely influenced the kind of literature I like to read. Um, it was definitely one of the, the earlier historical fictions that I read. Even books, you know, as simple as even just, like, Grimm's fairy tales and stuff. like. Yeah. Just seeing the the change of the stories over time uh, to now becoming Disney movies and and Disney tales, I feel like those also uh, impacted me a lot. Um, So I really, I just really like, you know, a good love story. No, I agree. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you uh, a follow up question that they kind of asked just because I think it's relevant. It says, do you get lost within fiction? Because, you know, that's a huge uh, theme in this book with Josephine having just lost her father and working through her grief. She does kind of escape into these letters, into the past almost. And, uh, you know, and even has this novel that Elias wrote that she's losing herself in because it's so, for whatever reason, it's so enticing. But do you feel like you, when you're reading a fictional book, do you feel like you get lost inside that world? I feel like it definitely takes the right book. I don't easily get mm-hmm. lost. Um, but definitely within more romantic novels or even thrillers, I can get myself pretty sucked in pretty quickly. And then suddenly I'm seeing things, you know, like you're <laughs> like, oh, that shadow. That's that thing that's like, I'm instantly like in that mode, in that mindset. So I, I'd say it just takes the right kind of book for me. What about you? Yeah, I agree. I think that I don't get lost in every book that I read. Some books are I read for different reasons, but there are certain books that I'm like, okay, please take me away. Take me mm-hmm. inside of your world. Or whether you like it or not, it does take you inside of its world. And I think that that is a sign of a really good book. Yes, agreed. I do think that some of my favorite books are books I've gotten lost in. <laughs> right. No, it's true. So to, to ask another one of the discussion questions, because there aren't many to pick from here that aren't 
Spoiler, Steven says right. in the back, in parentheses, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> right. So, um, one of the questions that I really liked was number two, which was, letters bring Elias and Josie together. Do you consider the written word more impactful than verbal conversations? Now, tread lightly, because we are doing a podcast. <laughs> Good call. Let me just reverse what I was about to say. <laughs> I think that there is something extremely powerful in spoken word. You know, you take a look at any sort of um, live event, people giving speeches, anything that is in person is often more uh, effectual than, mm-hmm. I think, I don't want to say than reading it, but I, but I think the sentiment is different because I think that it's easier to compel somebody or convince somebody of something if you're doing, um, if you're speaking to them. But I think that it's easier to play off of emotions with um, writing, mm-hmm. and you know whether it's within a letter or um, a post or whatever. I think that you can think a little bit longer and as you're crafting something. And I think that whoever is reading it has the choice to read it again and again and read into it and, you know, overthink it. Or there's something there's something mm-hmm. there and there's something to be said about written word. What do you think? Yeah, I agree completely. Um, I absolutely adore a verbal communication, but... I will say that written word has impacted me more than verbal has because you, you, like you said, you can hold on to it. And that's why I'd rather, you know, text people than call them, usually. I'd rather write something to them than chat with them real quick because then I have their words to hold on to after, um, which leads into the next part of the question, which is, have you ever received a letter that meant a lot to you? Hmm. Honestly, I don't feel like I ever... Uh, just kidding, from you! I was gonna <laughs> say! I was gonna tell you, you! You're so rude! I'm just kidding. No, Tori and I have been pen pals. Honestly, it's my turn to send you a letter, and I haven't sent you one in forever. So I will be sending you and I have your new address. So I'm yes. gonna wait till you move. Yeah. But yeah, you know, Tori that. and I have communicated through letters because there's something nostalgic and we feel like we have lost over time mm-hmm. that I think we're trying to experience <laughs> through writing letters. Yes. Um but other than that, I don't feel like I've received some meaningful letter in the mail. I mean mm-hmm. mostly messages or emails or Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I yeah I really enjoy our correspondence. Um, yes, Evelyn and I had started doing that back in COVID, I think. Um, maybe even a little before that. Um, we just decided to start writing letters. And definitely one of the highlights of my year last year. But yeah, this year we kind of yes. slipped a little bit. <laughs> um, but yeah, and I mean, I was pen pals through all of college with one of my teachers in high school and that was also really impactful to me um just that even having someone who who cared about what was going on in my life and how I was doing and that just was really 
special to me as, as someone who was, you know, in college and trying to make friends and trying to figure out what to do with my life. And so I'm, I'm a very big fan of letters. <laughs> yeah. So, I think that's yeah. something that we've kind of, I don't want to say we've lost it, but I think that with cell phones and instant communication, it is mm-hmm. something that we've kind of lost. And there is some romantic thing about it, some nostalgic feeling that's attached to it that maybe is silly, but I think that there really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So moving on from the discussion <laughs> questions, I want to talk a little bit about some plot stuff. Yes. So <laughs> if you haven't read the book, there's this character named Rashad who is Josie's ex-boyfriend. He's this kind of rocker dude who kind of a jerk, but she needed him when she was hurting. But then when she realized he wasn't all that um, and broke it off, he, you know, was fussy and awful. Um, (laughs) But throughout the book, he, he kind of is like... Not even, like, he's not just even a ter- just a terrible person. He's just, like, also just, like, a terrible character. Um, I don't know if you felt that, but, like, I felt like he just, like, was a waste of a character space. He was just sprinkled in. Nothing really ever came of it. I mean, no. you knew she wasn't going to get back together with him. He was just there for her to steal his leather jacket, honestly. Yeah, like, it was, like... Guys don't really do that after you break up. Not in my experience. Like, for months after. Right. Um, And he didn't really give off the vibe that he was, like, crazy. He just seemed like he wasn't a great guy. <laughs> well, listen. Um, <laughs> the the track record, though, for Josie and men and having them hooked on her for right. ever and ever and ever. I mean, that is not <laughs> that's not in her favor. You're my own personal heroine. What a stunning line from Stephanie Meyer. Mm-hmm. I think about word. that every day. I think I just said that to my mom the other day. Well, you were sick. We can't blame you. I literally had an entire conversation over text with my mom thinking I'm talking to you. Okay. And she even sends me like this gif because I sent her a gif and I'm like me being sick right now. And I'm thinking mm-hmm. I'm sending it to you. And yeah. then she sends me one back, and she's like, me. And I'm like, oh, is work okay? And then she's like, work? Question mark? And I'm like, huh? Yeah. And she's like, huh? And then I look, I'm like, oh, it says mom. Not, not Tori. T-O-R-R-I-E. Ugh. Ugh. Worst. Anyway. Yes, sorry. Back on the trail. Another plot thing that I... That just really irked me, because I didn't even think this was a thing when I was a teen, back, you know, forever ago, years, centuries, <laughs> was when Josie's friend Faith breaks up with her boyfriend early on in the plot, she's, Josie sends her friend a poster of Adam Levine to make her feel better, and I just was like... Struck by, I literally, like, wrote out, like, immediately. I was like, are teens in 2021 still attracted to Adam Levine? Because, like, seems suspicious to me. Like, I don't know how old this lady is, but I'm like, you need more relevant, like, 
people like Timothy Chalvey. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah. <laughs> I just I felt it felt wrong. It felt it like it took me out of the novel and put me back in a different novel. Right. It was kind of jarring. Yeah. It's like you didn't research enough. <laughs> I know, right, Caroline George? Get honest. People don't care about Adam Levine anymore, at least of all Gen Zers. Yeah. <laughs> Well, which kind of leads me to a point I was just thinking of. It's like, I feel like there wasn't a lot of research put into this book, personally. It was just like a wing it kind of thing? Yeah, like, there's just some things, like some, like, social things, the society things, and even just the way the the novel was written, like, through, like Elias's novel, even in the beginning, and his letters, like, it sounded like it was kind of a more modern voice with, like, some phrases kind of scattered in to, like, kind of bring it back to the time he was supposed to be in. I don't know. Right. Like, there's just some things that I'm like, oh, there's no way that girl could have stayed there unchaperoned for, like, six months. Like, that would not have happened. Like, there's just, like, things that I'm like, mm-hmm. Yeah, I also caught a word that hadn't been invented. Yeah. Right? That's my I favorite bet. thing to find. <laughs> I look for that in every book. Like, mm-hmm. Hello. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that word yeet was just really throwing me off. Just threw me off when he was like, I'm going to yeet to London tomorrow. I'm like, uh. Uh, Vine hasn't even been invented yet, man. (laughs) Get with the program. Well, time travel. Me, if I ever write a book, it's going to be so bad. I'm like, yeah, she just yeeted herself out of the relationship. She's like, you can't can't talk like that. (laughs) But, yeah. (laughs) Um, speaking of societal norms, I did, there's a line, um, in the book that I feel like is still pretty relevant today, and I'd like to know your thoughts, but, uh, Elias is at a party, and there's a scandal going on, there's a scandal afoot, and, um, the line reads, society preferred disappointment, for complaints led to exceptional conversation. What do you think about that line? It's an excellent one-liner. Mm-hmm. No, I think that it's. I think that it's relevant today. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> I mean, if you keep things small talk, you're not really gonna have an interesting conversation, yeah. unless you dig into things a little bit. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like our whole entertainment industry is built on success and failure, and mm-hmm. sometimes failure can get you more famous than success. You know, mm-hmm. so um, I feel like that line was very relevant to today and the past and just forever. It was just a very like light, like very like simple but heavy line. Yes. Um, so I just really like that line. Yeah, very apt analysis. Very yeah, very apt. <laughs> <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like there's a lot of really good, like, one-liners in this book. Yeah, well, if she didn't do any historical research, she made up for it with her one-liners. That's true. That's true. There's, like, an episode of Friends. (laughs) Just one-liner, one-liner, (laughs) one-liner. It's a whole book of one-liners, in case anyone was wondering. (laughs) Anyway, any other thoughts before we... Sign off and leave the the juicy stuff to our next episode. 
Yeah, I mean, there are some really juicy things coming up next episode that we did not want to dig into this time because <laughs> there's just too much to talk about and so much to shock you. Yes. So I suggest if you have not finished reading this book that you get on that because some big stuff is about to go down. And yeah, I don't want to spill any of it until next time. Yeah, definitely. Like, Evelyn and I were talking about this beforehand. I was like, if I start talking about any of these topics, I'm just not going to be able to stop, and I'll have spoiled the whole book <laughs> by the end of this podcast. Yeah. So we will let y'all wait until the next episode drops, because you will not want to miss it. I promise you, we're going to have some good things to say. Yeah. Yeah. So go get to know your characters. Yeah. Yeah. So... Pick up your copy, guys. If this episode wasn't enough to whet your appetite to read this book, definitely look up the book online, order it, dig into it yourself. It's honestly an interesting read, and I would suggest grabbing a copy as soon as possible because you only have two weeks until our next episode. (laughs) So... Um, with that, guys, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. We are excited to move on and talk about some deeper things next time. But until then, check out our social media. You can find us on Instagram at Turn Up the Volumes. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Turn Up the Volumes podcast. You can find us on Twitter at TUTV underscore podcast. And you can email us at turnupthevolumes at gmail.com. Guys, I ask every episode for (laughs) memes. And no one has delivered me memes yet. Evelyn and I... Anonymously. (laughs) Anonymous email. (laughs) Evelyn and I sit and wait by our computers all day, waiting for a meme to be delivered to our inbox. To no avail. I'm very disappointed in you all. I expect a meme next time. (laughs) I mean, you can send it in a letter. You could mail me a meme. DM me. I will give you my address. Just send me a meme. I would absolutely love to receive a meme in the mail, actually. (laughs) You're the best. I feel like that is the most dearest Josephine thing that could come of this book. (laughs) Like, this podcast is to be mailed a meme. (laughs) Yeah, literally get, like, an envelope, opens it up. It's literally just a photograph of Kermit the Frog or the Almighty Loaf. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. (laughs) Anyways, guys, until the next episode, bye.